Welcome everybody to the Nerd Pool Podcast, the podcast where we talk pop culture, pro wrestling, and everything else that's on my mind. So sit back, grab your snack, and listen in as I rant and rave about everything we know and love. What's up everybody and welcome to another episode of the Nerd Pool Podcast. As always, I am your host, the fat fool that loves Deadpool. Yes, it's me. Yes, it's me. It's a JMIE, your 397th favorite podcast host, and as always, your Sherpa down the road of nerdiness. And today it is Nerd Pool Mania 6. That's right, the sixth installment of Nerd Pool Mania as I am recapping WrestleMania 38, which came to us on a special two-night event on Peacock, a premium event no longer a pay-per-view whatever they want to call it live from AT&T Stadium the home of the Dallas Cowboys WrestleMania is the showcase of the immortals it is the biggest event in wrestling period I don't care what you want to say or what you gonna say if you are a wrestling fan you watched WrestleMania whether you like the WWE or not you know you did stop lying you watched it and you watched it with bated breath because WrestleMania usually brings great matches it brings a little bit of surprises it brings fun and this year was no different two nights spread across two nights this is the second year they've done a two-night event um, they're modeling, I think, after Wrestle Kingdom from New Japan Pro Wrestling, who always does their biggest event, Wrestle Kingdom, over two nights. And it was just, it, it, it was great. Let me just get that out of, out the gate. WWE, a lot of the times, doesn't do that well on pay-per-views here recently. They haven't been doing that well, putting a product out that encapsulates what a wrestling fan wants. Although, I will say this, when it comes to the big pay-per-views, the Royal Rumbles, the WrestleMania, SummerSlam, Survivor Series, they usually do end up delivering. Uh, I know the Royal Rumble this year was a little bit of a letdown, so that, that kind of goes against what I just said. But honestly, it was good overall, and that, that that's what it is. The WWE always seems to bring it. This is the first WrestleMania where they had complete fans. There was no mass mandates. There was no you know six social distancing or, or having only still half capacity. This is the first time they were allowed full access into a crowd that size for WrestleMania since 2019, 2020, and 2021. You know, 2020 went without fans. 2021, they had limited number of fans they could actually allow into the arena. But we're back. The WWE put on their main event. And let's just say this. It, it was great. Um, the last time they went to AT&T Stadium, they, they said they sold 100 and some odd thousand tickets. This time, I mean, they always fudge those numbers a bit. This time, both nights, you know, there were 70-something thousand people in the arena both nights. And honestly, if you looked online, there was a lot of tickets still available for the show. WrestleMania usually is a sellout, or at least close to a sellout. They didn't really sell out this year. Um, and I think that might be an indicative of the product that they, they've been putting out. I think it's kind of... You've seen pictures, if you follow anything online, of their uh, house shows and events kind of dwindling in numbers. They're not drawing what they used to draw, but yet they're still making record profits. But we're not getting into any of that. We're not getting into the booking. We're just jumping right into Mania. WrestleMania Night 1 had its fair share of surprises, its fair share of moments that made you go, that's actually very interesting. Um, let's start off with some of the matches that happened on Night 1. Let's start off with the very first match that happened on night one, and that was the SmackDown Tag Team Championships as the Usos took on Shinsuke Nakamura and Rick Boogs. 
Shinsuke Nakamura is a hell of an athlete. He's a hell of a performer. His English is a little broken. I think it's held him back. The Usos are probably doing the best work of their career right now as part of the bloodline. And Rick Boogs is kind of growing on me in his... And it's a weird gimmick, but it, it seems like it's kind of growing. It's kind of getting over. They were having a good match, and unfortunately, Rick Boogs tore his quadricep, and it required surgery. That kind of put a damper on the match, and I think kind of took away from what it was going to be. So I hope he gets better. But the, the Usos retain. That would seem like it was kind of going to be what happened anyway. They might have called an audible. I don't know, but it seems like the bloodline is so strong right now. They wanted to keep the, the titles on them and keep them going. Um, the next match came Drew McIntyre versus Happy Corbin. Now, Happy Corbin, I, I don't like this gimmick. Um, I know what they're doing with it, and they, they played a story out of it. I like Baron Corbin as an athlete. I like him as a wrestler. I think he can be a good heel, and I think he's actually pretty good in the ring. Drew McIntyre is fantastic in the ring. I'm kind of getting tired of the babyface Drew. Um, I know that he's a, he's a big babyface for them, and they need big babyfaces, but it seems like he's kind of fell off. He had the unfortunate... Uh, aspect of being the champion during the pandemic when there was no fans and I think that kind of hurt him in the eyes of the WWE because his drawing power wasn't you know that you can't really tell drawing power see if he's doing well in that if you if 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 he doesn't have any fans to rely on or anything like that um, the match wasn't bad it, it was it was good match. both these guys are good workers they have good chemistry the, the sword they keep bringing into this makes no sense. I really wish they'd get rid of the sword and the Highlander gimmick for Drew McIntyre. It makes no sense. I think it actually takes away from him. It makes him look too cartoonish. Uh, Drew McIntyre wins this match over over Happy Corbin. Happy Corbin hadn't lost until this, so this was actually supposed to be a big win for him. And then Drew McIntyre takes the sword and actually cuts the ring ropes in half, swinging at... Um, Madcap Moss, which is it's Corbin's flunky. Um, it was kind of cheesy, but it was interesting to see. They end up having to replace the ropes, but they had video packages to cover this. And let me just say this. WWE does a fantastic job at promos and video packages. They always have. And WrestleMania, they go above and beyond. From the music to the edits to the matches, highlights they showed, they did a fantastic job with all their promos through the night. And the next one, okay, this match... I'm not a huge fan of Dominic Mysterio. Nothing against him. I think he's a little green. I think he should have spent some time in NXT. Uh, I know he's Ray's son, and they have a thing for him, and they're pushing it, and I think eventually he is going to turn on his dad to lead to a feud between them, which will be interesting to see, but he's just he's getting better, but he's still kind of awkward in the ring and stiff, and you can kind of tell that he's not 100% comfortable yet, and he's not his dad. He has, he's not his as fluid as his dad he's not as quick or nimble as his dad however he's getting better and that's you know that's that's an important thing as he grows because he's only been doing this for a very short period of time and he got thrust into the main event and the main roster really quickly because of who his dad was and helped with the story they were going to tell so the mysterios were taking on miz and everybody knows how i feel about this man and his brother, and that is Logan Paul. Now, Logan Paul, WrestleMania always has celebrities. That, that's always been a thing. They tie celebrities into the show. And I think you're kind of scraping the barrel when you get Logan Paul. Now, I'm not from this, you know, younger generation. They love the Paul brothers. I get that. 
But right, but honestly, like when Logan Paul was announced it's going to be in WrestleMania, I was just like, "Are you kidding me? We're doing this again." Now, I will say again, y'all know how I feel about the Paul brothers. I'm not really going to get into more of that. Logan Paul did a good job here. Yes, that's right. The world is not ending. I complimented Logan Paul. His entrance, he looked like he belonged there. He had a WrestleMania type attire. He had tights. He had him and the Miz match. They looked like a tag team. It looked good except for one thing. He had a Pokemon card around his neck. Now, the Pokemon card he had is a some kind of special edition Pikachu. I don't know much about the Pokemon cards anymore. But it is the world's most expensive Pokemon card. It is supposed to be worth $5.7 million. I don't know why. I don't know why you would wear it to the ring. Besides the fact you're trying to garner heat. And that's what he did. Logan Paul is a great athlete. I will not take that away from him. He's a fantastic athlete. He's, you know, he's boxes. He hasn't won a boxing match yet. So let's just put that out there. But he boxes. He, you know, he used to wrestle in high school. He's in great shape. He does have a good look. He could have a career in professional wrestling if he wants. He has charisma, unfortunately for me to say that. He does. And he can garner heat. He did in this match. The way he garnered heat was, if you know the Mysterios, you know that Ray Mysterio and Eddie Guerrero, the late great Eddie Guerrero, were some of the best friends you could have. They loved each other. So much so that Eddie Guerrero was actually Dominic's godfather. During the match... Logan Paul performed the Three Amigos and the Frog Splash, which are Eddie Guerrero's moves. On the top rope, before he hit the Frog Splash, he did Eddie's little shimmy that he always did, and it gained massive heat from the wrestling fans. They hated this. So he knows how to garner heat. He did what any good professional wrestler would do in that situation. He took a story or somebody that was beloved, and he used it to garner heat when facing someone that he knew that that person was connected to. He did a great job there. As far as the entering work goes, he looked like he had done, been training. He didn't just go out there and not do anything or not take it seriously. Like he was taking it kind of seriously. My biggest issue with what he did was when he would do a power slam or a body slam or a suplex, the way he flails, he oversells it too much. He, 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 has, he needs to tone it back, kicking his legs up real high or the way he does it. I know he's trying to make it seem like he's putting extra power into it, but you can tell that he's not completely 100% comfortable in that role yet. And surprisingly, they actually end up getting the win. Logan Paul and The Miz win the match. And then The Miz, for some reason, turns on Logan Paul. Now, I laughed when this happened. I was like, that is hilarious that The Miz kind of did a short babyface turn. I don't know if they're going to go with Miz versus Logan Paul. I don't know if that's what they're going to shoot at here for some reason. If they do... That's great. The Miz knows how to work a WWE style. He's very safe in the ring, and I mean that as you know nicely as I can be. It's not a it's not a diss. I'm not downing the Miz. Um, he did a fantastic job doing what he does. And if Logan Paul is serious and wants to continue in the WWE, the Miz might be the perfect person to help him along and actually put him over. Because I don't know how they want to go. The Miz can be the babyface in the situation, or he can garner heat to try to make Logan Paul look like the baby face. I don't know where they want to go with it or even if they're going to go anywhere with it. But it worked, and, you know, my hat's off to The Miz and Logan Paul again. Logan Paul, yes, I'm complimenting him. He did a good job in this, and if he wants to be a professional wrestler, he actually could have a career in the business doing it simply from his ability to garner heat from the fan base that's out there. 
Moving on, next up we had the Raw Women's Champion as Becky Lynch defended against Bianca Belair. This story has been going on since SummerSlam of last year when Becky returns and beat Bianca in 12 seconds. Bianca is a fan favorite. Um, I think Bianca, her story is great and she's connecting with the audience. The story of this was Becky basically saying, you took what I had. The fans loved me and then all of a sudden because I beat you, they turned on me. And she's saying, you're taking what I have. You're taking what I built. Becky is a fantastic worker. Bianca has come leaps and bounds. She's one of the futures of the division, and she is incredible in her role. They have great chemistry. They work together very well. And this match was an emotional one as Bianca took a boot to the face from Becky, and it swole her eye. She has a black eye. Like, she got rocked, and she kept going. She didn't quit. The match was a great match. Again, they have good chemistry. Becky knows how to make somebody look great when she needs to, and Bianca can hold her on with anybody in the wrestling business. Um, this is one of the better matches of WrestleMania, both nights completely. Bianca gets her revenge. She gets another WrestleMania moment, winning another championship at WrestleMania in a stellar match. As she's crying, fans are crying. Bianca has completely connected with fans she's connected so much with fans that you know they wanted to see her actually best becky lynch who last year before becky got pregnant becky was the hottest thing in wrestling male female whatever she was the biggest star in professional wrestling and she garnered that into heat with a character i'm not that big of a fan of nonetheless Bianca moves on, Bianca is the champion, and Bianca and Becky again had one of the best matches of WrestleMania weekend. The next match was Seth freaking Rollins, and I hate that name. I know I'm complaining, but I just don't understand the Seth freaking Rollins thing. I know it's what people have said. His gimmick is not, I don't think it's him. I don't think that the, the gimmick that he's portraying is actually Seth. I don't think it's Seth turned up. But Seth's working it. He's getting it over, and it seems like he's having fun with it, and that's what's important. Seth, they did the whole story with Seth where Seth didn't know how he was going to be on. He wasn't going to be on Mania. He had no match for Mania. He spent weeks trying to figure out how to get on Mania from tag teams, and, and you know, I'm going to do talk segments and wrestling his quote-unquote best friend, Kevin Owens. And everybody knew what this was leading to because Cody Rhodes left AEW months ago. And everybody assumed he was going to WWE. Everybody thought he was going to WWE. And the moment that Seth Rollins said he needed an opponent, that was the name that was going to be thrown around, is that it was going to be Cody Rhodes. Vince McMahon said, told him that he's going to have a match at Mania against an opponent of his choosing. And there was rumors of it could be this person, could be that person. There was rumors that Cody Rhodes had signed and pulled out of Mania. There was a lot of rumors. Seth's in the ring. Seth's waiting. They make you wait, they make you wait, they make you wait. Then the lights go out, and you hear that that I that music that everybody knows, that the wrestling has more than one royal family. And it's Cody. Cody has the same look. Cody has the same entrance. Cody has the same entrance music that he did in AEW. WWE had to do this. They could not repackage Cody. He couldn't have a different music. He couldn't have a different outfit. He couldn't have a different entrance. Cody Rhodes leaving AEW was WWE's first big get and a first big blow that they can give to AEW. 
I mean, he, Cody was the guy that started AEW. No matter what you want to say about the Young Bucks or Kenny Omega or anything like that, without Cody Rhodes meeting Tony Khan, AEW would not be a thing. It, it's just 100% true. I don't know the backstory. I don't know what happened there. I don't know if it was financial, if it was um, booking-wise, what happened between him and Tony to where they couldn't come to that deal. But Cody Rhodes went back to the WWE, and Cody Rhodes went in there against Seth Rollins. They had a great match. I mean, it was one of my favorite matches of the night. I mean, Cody Rhodes is a hell of a worker. Seth Rollins is one of the best on the planet. Their chemistry clicked. The um, Cody Rhodes, at points, he did his cartwheel, like, stardust gimmick thing, where he, he does a cartwheel, and then he kind of puts his hand in the face and pulls it away. And um, Corey Graves said... That's him, you know, basically burying the past, which is what he was doing. You have Seth Rollins telling him, welcome to the big times, bitch. It was just great. Cody Rhodes then wins the match. Cody Rhodes hits his father's uh, bionic elbow. And it was an emotional time for Cody. You could tell it was emotional because when his music hit, the crowd popped. It was huge. It was great. Cody has been getting you know, booed in AEW, and people wanted him to turn heel. He was basically, everybody thought he was going to do the Triple H thing where he was just going to bury people. He wasn't. And he's gone to WWE, and he got that massive pop. The issue with Cody right now is going to be, I know they're going to push him out of the gate. They're going to give him a big push. They're going to make him appear to be big. Why? Because if Cody isn't put in the forefront, if Cody isn't shown to be a star, coming from AEW, where he he's rebuilt himself. He has made himself a star, again, with wrestling fans. If they don't do that for Cody, if he, if in a month he's back to chasing, he's chasing a 24-7 championship or something like that, they're going to have a hard time taking any talent from AEW if they see the top one of their top guys from that promotion going back to the company he went from and them not using him. It's going to be a hard time to entice anybody from AEW to come to WWE if the one time they got a big star from AEW, probably the biggest name they could have got if they don't if they bury him and don't use him. That's that's just how it is. They also had to have Cody be the AEW Cody. They could not change him. So we'll have to see how it goes. We'll have to see how it works. We'll have to see how they feel and how it goes going forward. Um, Cody did great in the match. He got the win, which of course he had to. You can't have him come in and lose on his first night. If so, that's basically burying him. He did an interview backstage afterwards. That's an exclusive on the WWE Network where he said, you know, that he's here where all the best wrestlers in the world are. He's using the term wrestling and wrestler, which I like. That's the only issue. I took issue with that. I took issue with him at one point saying that it wasn't hard for him to go back to WWE. I know what he means. He has to say that they have the best wrestlers because he works there. They're going back. I know a lot of people are, are going to bite onto that. Um, what he meant by that was Cody's whole thing when he left WWE was, I can do more. I can be bigger. I can be the guy here. He wanted to prove that he could be the guy in WWE. He could be the champion in WWE. He could carry WWE. He wanted to be wanted to do what his dad couldn't do and hold the WWE championship high. They didn't see that in him. He went out. He bet on himself, and he reinvented himself, and now he's back to prove that he can be the top guy in the top promotion. Whether you want to admit it or not, WWE is still the creme de la creme in professional wrestling. 
It is the brand awareness to where if you tell people you're a professional wrestler, they're going to say, you mean like WWE. It's like Q-Tip. Q-Tip is a cotton swab, but that's the brand and that's what we call it. It's like Kleenex. Kleenex is just a tissue, but that's what we call it is give me a Kleenex. You understand that's how it is with professional wrestling. It's They'll say, oh, you mean like WWE or WWF. That's what Cody wants to do. He wants to prove that he could be that guy that four years ago they said he couldn't be. They said he was nothing but a mid-carter or a jobber. He wants to prove that he can be the best of the best. And I think he's going to. I think they're going to give him a championship. And they're, they're going to let him run with it because they have to. They have to. Now, if he flops his champion, if he doesn't get over his champion, if he doesn't draw ratings, if he doesn't draw anything like that, then at that point they can move on from it. But right now they have to give him that opportunity. Otherwise, they are not going to be able to entice any AEW talent to come in. But Cody Rhodes wins and moving on. Next, we have the SmackDown Women's Championship. As Charlotte Flair defends against Rowdy Ronda Rousey, the baddest woman on the planet, these two have been rumored for years to wrestle. They were supposed to be the main event of the first WrestleMania before Becky Lynch just took off and became the hottest thing in professional wrestling. Um, they were always on that collision course. That was always the plan that these two to go together because they're both athletic. They're both, you know, very um, in-depth of what professional wrestling is. Ronda is like Kurt Angle. She took to it naturally and has done a great job in it. She has never officially been beaten in a singles match in uh in her professional wrestling career, Charlotte Flair is Charlotte Flair. I mean, she's probably the best female wrestler on the planet, or at least top three best female wrestlers on the planet. Whether you love her, whether you hate her, whether you think people are they're shoving her down her throat or what, she is fantastic in a role, and she is very good in the ring and on the mic. She has her dad's it factor. She, she just does. The match wasn't the best match, but people are shitting on this match for what reason, I don't know. The match was hard-hitting. It was what it had to be. With Ronda doing what Ronda does and basically trying to get the upper hand against Charlotte, they worked well. This is they'll wrestle again. Is this going to be their best match? We'll have to wait and see. There are times, I guess, when the chemistry might not have been there completely. Uh, there actually might be a little bit of jealousy in here. I don't know how true it is, but you know, they maybe Ronda is maybe Charlotte is a little jealous of Ronda because Charlotte's done so much for this, and Ronda comes in and people, you know, glorify her because of who she was and what she did and maybe Charlotte's out there to prove that I can do what you do and do it better. Charlotte Flair defeats Ronda in scrupulous circumstances. Um, basically they're doing it so there's they can go back to it down the line with Ronda and Charlotte. You know, she didn't win clean. She cheated to win. That way Ronda has an out. It doesn't make Ronda look weak. And, you know, they can still say well Ronda can say, Well you didn't be you couldn't beat me one on one. You couldn't beat me without cheating. And again, Charlotte's a flair. That's the dirtiest player in the game. She learned from the best. That's what she does. So Charlotte Flair retains the SmackDown Women's Championship. And we're moving on to the main event of WrestleMania Night 1. 19 years ago, Stone Cold Steve Austin, main event of WrestleMania against The Rock. The Rock pinned him 1-2-3 in the middle of the ring. It was Stone Cold's last match in professional wrestling. He said he was done. For years, people have tried to coax him out of out of retirement. CM Punk tried, and I wanted to see that. I wanted to see that. We didn't get it. Okay, multiple people have tried. The rumor started that Kevin Owens was going to have a match with Stone Cold at WrestleMania, and people were like, that makes no sense. Why? 
out of all the stuff that's been done, Kevin Owens making fun of Texas was going to draw Stone Cold out. I don't know what got Stone Cold to out of retirement. Pretty sure money was something to do it because I know he got a huge payday. I know he got a massive payday. Maybe it was because, like he says, he started his career in Dallas. The very first match he ever had was in Dallas. Maybe he wanted his last match to be in Dallas. I don't know. But Kevin Owens comes out for the Kevin Owens show where he's just going to have a talk segment with Stone Cold. Kevin Owens coming out. He's slapping his face. You can see the way he's looking. He's trying to get in a character because he's wanting to smile. He's wanting to cry. He's wanting... Kevin Owens has said Stone Cold was, you know, his idol. And he's about to be in the ring with his idol at WrestleMania in the main event. This is Kevin Owens' WrestleMania moment. This is his moment. Championships, whatever, can happen. This will always be Kevin Owens' defining WrestleMania moment. And he's trying not to let that emotion show. Stone Cold Steve Austin's music hits. After Kevin Owens is downing Texas, he's saying he'll bring him out when he wants to, just playing the crowd, getting... Basically, he's stalling time, so the crowd's getting antsy. When that glass shatters, the roof blew off AT&T Stadium. Stone Cold gets a pop like nobody else. Not The Rock, not Cody returning. Nobody gets a pop like Stone Cold, because we don't get it very often. And at Mania... There's fans from all over the world that are true wrestling fans that grew up with Stone Cold. And when that music hits, you heard it. You felt the energy in the arena as he walked the aisle. He sits down. Him and Kevin Owens have a back and forth. Owens tells him he lied to him. He brought him there to challenge him to a no-holds-barred match. Stone Cold asks if the fans want to see it. Of course they do. They get a referee out. The bell rings. Normally, I was thinking, okay, we're going to get a Luthez press, he's going to stun him, and the match is over. Nope. Was this a five-star match? No. Was this Austin versus Rock from 19 years ago? No. What this was, was Stone Cold hitting Stone Cold's classic moves, just being Stone Cold, Kevin Owens being the foil to Stone Cold. Kevin Owens did something that shocked me. They're fighting in the crowd. Austin goes for a suplex. Kevin Owens reverses it and suplexes Stone Cold on the concrete. Stone Cold, after 19 years of not wrestling, takes a suplex on concrete with the neck problems he has. That right there was insane. That proves how much he trusted Kevin Owens and how much he respects Owens and gave that to him. They get in the ring. Stone Cold took a stunner from Kevin Owens. He kicks out. But he, he got stunned. He got his own move used against him by Kevin Owens, which Kevin Owens has been using as a finisher. Stone Cold stuns Owens, pins him. One, two, three. Is this Stone Cold's last match? I really think so. Was it the best match he ever had? Nope. Was it what it needed to be? Yep. Was it fantastic? Yep. Did I pop? Yep. Did I pop for everything? Yep. Did I get emotional? Yes. Because I watched Stone Cold wrestle at WrestleMania again. I watched it. I grew up watching him. I loved Stone Cold. He was the biggest star professional wrestling's ever seen. I don't care what Hogan says. I don't care what Rock says. I get all that. But Stone Cold, as far as wrestling fans go, was the biggest star in professional wrestling history. 
No one gets a pop like Stone Cold then. No one gets a pop like him now. He is over to the moon. He tried a heel turn and it didn't work because people loved him too much. That's how over he is with the fans. It was fantastic. What he did was amazing. He had him in the palm of his hand. He had the wrestling world in the palm of his hand. And my hat's off to Kevin Owens because Kevin Owens got to live a dream. He got his WrestleMania moment with Stone Cold Steve Austin. It was fantastic. So, Kevin Owens, thank you for that. Stone Cold, thank you for another WrestleMania memory. That was the best way to close out night one. As he's drinking his beers, he's in the crowd, or, you know, up on the ropes, he's doing his poses, the glass is shattering, the music's going. Him just having a good time. That was the end of night one. So let's just jump into night two. Night two, while it had the biggest match in WrestleMania history, quote unquote, um, it actually had more stars. A lot of people are saying that night two was not as packed as night one. It didn't have the same feel to it. It was basically relying on uh, one or two big matches, and that's about it. Starting off the night, we had uh, Triple H come out to the ring. Triple H, after having a heart issue that almost killed him, um, and basically being told he's never going to be able to wrestle again because of his heart condition, came out, did his whole entrance, his daughters were at ringside, he welcomed everybody to WrestleMania, and he left his boots in the middle of the ring, signifying his retirement in a tradition that has been passed down for a long time. Um, It was cool to see him. He got his WrestleMania moment without overshadowing anything. Really got to do his entrance. And, I mean, we'll see him again. But, I, you know, as far as I know, he's not going to be able to wrestle again because of his heart condition. It was an emotional moment. Um, he didn't say, you know, I'm done. But he just thanked everybody. And when he put his boots down, it was an emotional moment. He went out and hugged his kids as he went to the back. The first match of the night was the Raw Tag Team Champions. as RK Bro, the champions, took on the Street Profits and Alpha Academy. RK Bro is one of the best things going in WWE right now. The uh, serious straight-laced Randy Orton and the goofy stoner kid, uh, Randy Orton's partner, Matt Riddle, who basically just fanboys over Randy the whole time and thinks they're the best buds in the world. Their chemistry is completely great. They work so well together. They're going to have to split them up eventually, I know, but right now it is so much fun watching them together as Randy Orton's basically playing the David Spade to Matt Riddle's uh, Chris Farley as Riddle's over the top and trying to, you know, goofify Randy as Randy's like, no, we got to be serious. The Street Profits are the Street Profits. Um, Ford is incredibly athletic um, and he is going to be a star if they give him the right push after the Street Profits end. Then you have Alpha Academy. You have Chad Gable and Otis. Chad Gable has all the charisma in the world. He's a legit athlete, a legit Olympic star. Uh, Otis has all the has a lot of charisma. They're toning it down with his serious heel gimmick. Um, they didn't. I didn't like when they put them together at first. I didn't think it was working. I mean, they changed Otis's look. It's getting over. Chad Gable's being the goofy heel. He's being, you know, the I'm better than you heel, but he's not doing it in the way an MJF would do. He's being kind of cartoonish about it, and Otis is just being the the brute and the bruiser and in the match and they their chemistry is great. All all three of these teams have great chemistry and the match was good. The match was what it was supposed to be. Uh RK Bro defeated them and retained their titles. I mean that's pretty much everybody knew that's how it was gonna go. Uh after the match, the Street Profits and RK Bro were, you know, celebrating. They brought in Gable uh Gable Stevenson 
the NCAA um, heavyweight champion, the Olympic medalist, uh, the new WWE signee. They brought him in. Him and Gable kind of had a little thing where he and then he picks up and slams Gable, Chad Gable, signifying you know basically that he's the only Gable that's going to be in WWE. He's going to be on Raw soon. He's training at the Performance Center, basically honing his craft. We'll see how he does. But if any indication from Chad Gable or Shelton Benjamin or Brock or you know Kurt Angle or any number of uh, collegiate athlete wrestlers. He's going to pick it up quickly. Now, whether his charisma is there, whether his ability to cut a promo is there, I don't know. We'll find that out later on. But as of right now, they're using him. They're calling him a big star, which he really should be. Um, next up, we had Bobby Lashley versus Omos. This was just a battle of bruisers, battle of big men. I didn't think Bobby Lashley was going to be on WrestleMania after being injured uh, during the Brock Lesnar match. There was a lot of people saying with his shoulder and everything, he wasn't going to be at WrestleMania. Omos was a, you know, he's been on a tear. He has not lost a match yet, and they needed a WrestleMania opponent for him. Bobby Lashley and him have had stare downs. It kind of had people thinking. This match was, wasn't was great. It was just two big men going at it. Lashley holds his own against the bigger Omos. Omos is still green, but he plays the giant role well, does the giant moves well. He's not flying. He's not doing kicks. He's not jumping off the top rope. He's doing what a giant, a seven foot four giant should be doing. And Bobby Lashley ends up beating Omos via pinfall. It's Omos's first loss. Um, they're going to continue this storyline because the next night on Raw, MVP turns on Bobby Lashley and joins Omos. He's going to be his mouthpiece. Omos really needs a mouthpiece. And they can continue the story with him and Lashley. With Lashley being believable enough to beat him, Lashley being big enough to where he can get thrown around and make it look good. But also, if he does a move to Omos, it doesn't look stage or hokey or fake next up was a match that has been going for a while um it's zane sammy zane versus johnny knoxville now johnny knoxville being a part of wwe is strange he's doing it because his jackass fours recently came out johnny knoxville is not a huge star but people know who he is sammy zane has been playing a weird role where he's been the funny guy to logan paul when he came in and now to uh, Johnny Knoxville, Sami Zayn's a good foil because Sami Zayn is the conspiracy theorist guy that they're saying, you know, he's like, everything's a conspiracy against me. Uh, they're just trying to bury me, blah, blah, blah. Sami Zayn is funny, and Sami Zayn can make people look good. He's great in the ring. He's good on the mic. This is the Anything Goes match. The build-up to this was stupid and kind of hokey between, you know, Sami Zayn showing up at the premiere of Jackass after... Uh, Johnny Knoxville showed up at his premiere of his documentary and ruined it. Uh, Johnny Knoxville apparently was putting Sami Zayn's phone number out. You know, he's flying a banner over California. He was putting it on Twitter. People were supposed to be texting and calling Sammy all the time. This was a, you know, just, this was going to be a WrestleMania entertainer match. This wasn't going to be Logan Paul. Johnny Knoxville is not that much of an athlete. When the ring, when the bell rings, Sami Zayn immediately hits a halluva kick on Johnny Knoxville. Johnny Knoxville sold it well. And from then we're off to the races. There is mousetrap tables. There's giant hands slapping Sami Zayn. There's a machine that punched Sami Zayn in the nuts. There is Wee Man slamming Sami Zayn, which I got a laugh out of. You had the people from Jackass, some of them being involved. You had Chris Pontius in his party boy outfit getting in, actually ripping off and showing his thong as he dances on Sami Zayn, which I didn't think they were going to do. 
uh, because, you know, it's been a PG product. And then Sami Zayn loses the match after being trapped under a giant mousetrap. Yes, they rigged a giant mousetrap. Sami Zayn's on the ground. They put him in it. They snatch. And Sami Zayn gets pinned because he's trapped under this giant mousetrap. The mousetrap didn't function the way it should. It malfunctioned. It didn't snap like it should. It took him a minute to get it to snap. Um, the punting machine didn't go the way it was supposed to. A lot of people shit on this match. A lot of people said this match was terrible. This match was what it was supposed to be. It was entertaining. I laughed through the match. This was not going to be a, you know, Omega versus Okada. This wasn't going to be Steamboat and Flair. This wasn't going to be Brett and Sean or anything like that. This was going to be Sami Zayn, a great worker, making Johnny Knoxville a entertainer and non-wrestler look good by being the goofy person that takes a bunch of jackass stunts. It was entertaining. I enjoyed it. If you didn't enjoy it, that's fine. I understand if it's not your cup of tea, but it was comedy, and it was comedy done right. Sami Zayn was perfect in the role here. Sami Zayn was the right guy to do this, as it it kind of builds to his character and what he's saying, while also him making Johnny Knoxville not look great. That's a weird word, because Johnny Knoxville didn't really do wrestling, but it, it seemed like Sami Zayn would be the guy that would fall for this stuff. Again, entertaining, and I enjoyed the hell out of it. Johnny Knoxville... Gets a win at WrestleMania over Sami Zayn. This is Sami Zayn's WrestleMania moment right now. That's weird to say, but he's in a match that people are going to talk about and people are going to laugh about, and people enjoyed. Next up, we have the Women's Tag Team Championships as Carmella and Queen Zelina took on Sasha Banks and Naomi and Liv for Brutality, which was Liv Morgan and Rhea Ripley and Natalya and Shayna Baszler. This seemed like a match where they were just trying to get everybody on WrestleMania. Nothing against any of these women. This match wasn't great. It wasn't bad. It was a B-plus match. It was just, it's kind of clunky at times. It didn't seem like it knew what it wanted to do. Um, Sasha Banks and Naomi won the tag team titles. Sasha Banks was very emotional winning the tag team titles because she fought for a long time to get the women's tag team titles in WWE. She finally got them, and she won them at WrestleMania with a friend of hers and Naomi. The match wasn't great. The match was not terrible. It was an okay match. All the women did their job right. It just, to me, was a little bit, they could have shaved it down some. Like It just seemed like it was it was too much. I, I don't know how to really put it besides saying that. Um but moving on to the next match, which was one of the best matches of WrestleMania weekend because of the people involved. It was Edge taking on AJ Styles. Edge has took this dark role. Um, he's basically kind of like a cross between heel rated R superstar Edge and the brood Edge. He's basically saying, you know, I don't have a lot of time. I'm here to win championships and to prove my legacy. AJ was the baby face in this. This was a dream match between these two, and they delivered. It was a fantastic match. It, they they have great chemistry. Um, I hope they get to work more together, and I know they will because of the storyline they come forward. Uh, Damian Priest interferes to help Edge beat AJ Styles, and that right there sets up where they can go on down the road. Damian Priest is now with Edge. There's talk of Edge having a little stable with uh, Damian Priest, bringing in Tommaso Ciampa, and possibly Rhea Ripley. Not, I don't want to say the brood, 
but like his version of the brood. He's going to play a darker character, and it's going to be kind of like a cultish thing where he's teaching these young characters, and I'm all down for that. Again, this match was great because of the both the people involved. Edge is one of the best to ever do it. AJ is one of the best in-ring workers of today and maybe of this generation. They were just There's no way they weren't going to have a good match. Their chemistry was there, and I can't wait to see where they go from here. The next match was a cool-down match as we had the New Day taking on Sheamus and Ridge Holland. Ridge Holland broke Biggie's neck. Uh, that's kind of where this is going and why they're having this match now. Sheamus, if you follow this, I, you know I'm not a huge Sheamus fan. I never have been a Sheamus fan. I don't know what it is about Sheamus. He's not bad in the ring. He's not bad on the mic. I just never connected with Sheamus. And I kind of fast forward through his matches anytime they're on. Sheamus and Ridge Holland beat the New Day. I mean, that it is what it is. Uh, that's pretty much it. I, like, I don't really have much else to say. Next up, we had Pat McAfee coming off the announce table to take on Vince McMahon's protege, Austin Theory. Pat McAfee's dream was to wrestle at WrestleMania. He's said that for years. He's had great matches in NXT with Adam Cole. He knows what he's doing in the ring. He's been training for a while. Austin Theory is a young stud. Vince McMahon obviously does like him and thinks he's the future if he's actually being involved. If Vince McMahon is being involved in segments and matches with Austin Theory, then you know he has actual... He, he, he really does believe in Austin Theory and think Austin Theory can be something. This match was good. This match was really good. Pat McAfee showed off a lot of athletic ability. He is one of the best um, the best celebrity athletes to put on a match. Him uh, and Stephen Amell and people like that do great matches. And Pat McAfee is one of them. He did, did a fantastic job here. He showed off a lot of his ability, jumping from the ring to the top rope. And he ends up beating Austin Theory, getting his WrestleMania moment. He's 1-0 at WrestleMania. Well, after that, Vince McMahon's going to prove to Austin Theory that he could, you know, that how to beat Pat McAfee. They rumored that Vince wanted a match at Mania. He was going to have a match at WrestleMania. And people were like, Vince is 76 years old. He doesn't need to have this match. They thought it was going to be against Pat McAfee. Ended up being Austin Theory. And people were like, okay, well, that's how they're going to get around it. No. Vince has a match against Pat McAfee. So Pat McAfee is now going a double header. As he beat Austin Theory, and now he's taking on Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon takes off his jacket. He takes off his shirt. He's be 76 years old. He's still in fantastic shape. And what do we get? We get Austin Theory jumping Pat McAfee and beating him down, jumping him from behind. Vince McMahon gets a few little moves in on Pat McAfee. He takes a football, punts it into Pat McAfee's gut, pins Pat McAfee. One, two, three. It wasn't great. I mean, Vince McMahon really can't do anything these days. You know, he's not the Vince McMahon of old. He's 76. Like, you, you can't fault the man for what he can do. He's limited in his mobility now. But... He got heat. He got heat. As he's celebrating with Austin Theory, we got the big moment for it. As you hear the glass shatter and Stone Cold comes out for night two. We all know the history of Vince McMahon and Stone Cold. Vince McMahon looks worried. We get in the ring. Stone Cold Steve Austin and Vince McMahon are there. And then they go to toast. Like you, he gets a beer. He's like, I'm going to toast with you, Vince. And Vince is like, yeah. You know, they're making it look like they're going to bury the hatchet. We all know what's coming. Stone Cold kicks him in the gut. And Vince McMahon falls before Stone Cold stuns him. Stone Cold goes to grab him. Vince McMahon falls back on the ropes. He goes to grab him again. Vince falls forward. He goes to grab him finally. And before he starts to drop, Vince starts to drop. It is the worst looking stunner in the history of stunners. 
Vince McMahon has took some terrible stunners. Linda McMahon had the worst stunner before tonight. That night, Vince McMahon has now done the worst stunner in history. Look at uh, the video of Mick Foley laughing as he watches it. Because it is a terrible stunner, but it's laughing. When he gets done, Stone Cold gets up, he's laughing. He stuns Austin Theory. Austin Theory oversells fantastically. Some people said it was disrespectful. It wasn't. Austin Theory sold like Austin Theory should. He jumped in the air. And he took. I mean, how many times do you get to take a stunner from Stone Cold? you got to sell it and make it look real. He oversold it, and that was amazing. Pat McAfee gets a beer. Him and Austin are chugging. He stuns Pat McAfee. And Pat McAfee does an amazing job selling the stunner as well as he spits beer at his thing. And he has one of the funny moments as Stone Cold's in the ring getting beers, chugging it. Pat McAfee is on the ground selling the stunner, still drinking a beer on the outside. It is hilarious. And it it was just a great it was a great segment. The match with Vince and Pat McAfee wasn't good. Uh, but the after events with Stone Cold and Vince and Austin Theory and Pat McAfee was fantastic. It was fantastic. It gets a great A, and it's something that you can go back and watch and remember. It's another WrestleMania moment for Stone Cold, for Vince McMahon, and it's a WrestleMania moment for Pat McAfee and Austin Theory to be able to say that they did that. They were in a ring with the two guys who are responsible for the biggest feud in pro wrestling history. There is no feud bigger than Stone Cold versus Vince McMahon. The main event for WrestleMania Night 2 and the last match of WrestleMania for this year is the winner-take-all unification match as Roman Reigns, the Universal Champion, takes on Brock Lesnar, the WWE Champion. We've seen this match a hundred times. We've seen how this works. But Brock and Roman work well together. Brock, in his cowboy role he's been having, seems like he's been enjoying his work recently. He's smiling. His promos are better. You can tell he's actually having fun. Roman's doing the best work of his career as the head of the table, the tribal chief. And you add Paul Heyman in the mix, who has history with both of them. It's just fantastic storytelling. The match is cut and dry what it is. It's physical. It's a bunch of spears, a bunch of Superman punches, German suplexes, F5s. It's Brock getting speared through the announce section, which he seems to love because he does it in every match now. Um, it's just, it is what it is. It was Heyman interfering. Brock puts a Kimura on Roman. They're wondering, is Roman going to tap? He gets close to the ropes. Heyman pushes the rope in for Roman to grab it. Uh, at that point, it looked like Roman might have actually been injured. They're saying he popped it. You know, his shoulder got dislocated. There's rumors that he actually did get hurt. I don't know if he did or not. Because right after that, he hit a spear on Brock and pinned him one, two, three. It was kind of a abrupt ending and kind of a ending that was like, well, that seemed like it was rushed. It wasn't like they were constrained for time because they actually ended a little bit early. It just was a weird out for them. Roman sold his shoulder. Maybe his shoulder was legitimately hurt. I don't know. But Roman wins. Roman wins the biggest match in WrestleMania history. Roman has unified the Universal and WWE Heavyweight Championship. Um, there's rumors of a new belt. They're going to do the unify it. There's rumors of them ending the brand split, which is why they did this. I don't know where they're going with this. I don't know how they're going with this. I really don't think they're going to change the brands. I really don't think they're going to split. They're, you know, keep one champion even though they could. You keep one champion, you have your mid-card titles, U.S. and Intercontinental be the ones that build up to it, like wrestling should be. We'll just have to see. The match was what it was. Like I said, very physical, and Roman and Brock have chemistry. They just do their matches. They have to play them a certain way, and they do it, and it was good. It was good at what it was. It was hard-hitting. Uh, it's two big titans going at it, two huge names going at it. 
with Roman pulling out the win. And that capped off WrestleMania Night 2. That capped off WrestleMania. That capped off WrestleMania 38. It was a great two-night event. As always, um, there's a lot of wrestling that went on during the, the week the week of uh, WrestleMania. Pretty much every independent company in the United States that has any kind of name runs a show WrestleMania weekend, wherever WrestleMania is at. Um, if you're talking about the match of the weekend that wasn't WWE and probably the match of the weekend period, I'd go watch Ring of Honor's uh, Supercard of Honor their first time back since they closed doors at the beginning of the year. This is their first pay-per-view back with Tony Khan being their uh, owner. The Briscoes versus FTR was one of the best tag team matches I've seen in a long time. It's up there with one of the best. They had great chemistry. We finally got to see it. And that was the match of the weekend for me. I don't care WWE, non-WWE, whatever. FTR versus um, the Briscoes was the match of the weekend. Go out of your way to see that. If you have not seen that match, if you're a fan of tag team wrestling, if you're a fan of wrestling, period, it was a great wrestling match, a great storytelling. The build-up, the match, everything, even the surprises that happened afterwards, which I'm not going to spoil, was fantastic. It was well done. But WrestleMania is in the books. That's another WrestleMania in the books, and that's Nerdpool Mania 6. Uh, thank you all for listening. Thank you all for me babble for almost an hour about WrestleMania. This is always one of my long ones because I, I really do like the event. And, it's again, it's showcasing the mortals. It's the biggest event. It's the Super Bowl of professional wrestling. Thank you all for the love. Uh, follow me on Twitter at NerdpoolPod. I am on Instagram at NerdpoolPodcast. Follow me on Twitch at NerdpoolGaming. Thank you all for the love. Make sure you hit that like button. Make sure you hit that subscribe button wherever you're at. Leave me a comment, a rating, a review. Really helps the channel out. You guys are amazing. You gals are amazing. Everything in between, you are all amazing. So thank you for the love. And until next time, that's Nerdpool. See ya.